The Grow My Cleaning Company podcast helps owners of cleaning companies just like you to grow your company and yourself so you can make more money and finally get the time and money freedom that probably got you into this business. Discover how to automate and create systems that allow you to grow like crazy without losing control. If you dig the show and want to show some love, subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. It really helps. Enjoy the show. All right, Mike, we are officially live on Facebook. Nation, glad that you could join us this fine day. Um, as you guys know, if you're listeners for the podcast, this is the podcast where we do Q&A. If you want to submit your cues for my A's, just email support at growmycleaningcompany.com and the lovely Lindsay will uh, get it. Or join the Facebook group and tag her and then you can join us live as well. The Facebook group is just Grow My Cleaning Company Facebook group. So that said, Lindsay, I know you like picking themes. So do we have a theme? Do we have some questions? What's shaking today? So we had a theme. But what happened was the theme turned into let's ignore Lindsay's theme and ask whatever we want. So that's fine. (laughs) So what is the theme that we're ignoring today? The theme that we're ignoring is what do you need to stop doing day to day in your cleaning company? All right. So what is the first question that has nothing to do with what you need to do to stop doing that I can answer and hopefully help people? (laughs) Well, I guess it could relate. So we had... Well, And also for those of you that are joining us live... You can, if you ask a question in the Facebook group and it's a good one and it has to do with Lindsay's theme, she might put you on. <laughs> yes, definitely. All right. So Felicia emailed in and she said, hi, Mike. When I started my cleaning business, the mindset was to hire some workers and work my full-time caregiver job until I made enough money to go full-time with my cleaning business. But I realized I do not have enough money and my credit is not enough for creditors to trust for a loan. So I took some days off from my full-time job to see if I can do the work. I realized it's really hard work. Now I feel like a failure. I got this business and I do not know what to do. So not really a question, but the situation. (laughs) That's a deep one. So first of all, a lot of people are like, I got to get credit or something, you know, like honestly, guys, gals, nothing happens till somebody makes a sale, right? So especially in the cleaning business, you don't need any credit or cash to say, I will clean this thing for money and have them give you money and you clean that thing for them. Or if you want to get super fancy, give some of the money to someone else to clean for them and keep the difference. Like on a very, very small business, that's a business. So if you can do that, you're in business. Um, So there's kind of like three or four questions wrapped up in here. One is just like, you know, I need to have a bunch of money and like, I don't know about that. Two is when should I go full time? And I wish, you know, some of the business is kind of math and science and some of it's kind of art. When I should go full-time is more the art thing. So it really depends on you and your tolerance for risk. So, you know, I've been in business for myself so long, I would put all my chips on my own self and go right in, but I've got a lot of experience, right? And um, it also depends on your family situation, right? If you're young and single and don't have any dependents, you can be a little more risky, right? If you're not young and not, or doesn't matter if you're young, but if you have some people that depend on you making the money, then you're probably going to be a little less, I don't say risky, but just brash with your decision-making. So you definitely got to contextualize it to your skill set, right? Like if you've never done this before, there's a less likely, you know, uh, especially if you don't have a coach or doing it on your own, the likelihood of success is a lot smaller. So I'm going to take smaller risks. Um, the flip side is certainly when you, if you're really building a business and you know what you're doing, going full time and being all in and having all of your passion on making your own 
wealth as opposed to making someone else wealthy is a big deal. So it you really should kind of hockey stick in growth when it comes to when you go full time. That should make a big difference. But I, you know, certainly couldn't coach you on that via an email question. And then the last thing is, um, you know, I really I did the work and I realized it's really hard work. So well, and feeling like a failure is totally optional, right? Like I'm big on just being decisive. And if you make a decision that you don't like, then just make another decision. So feeling like a failure is a decision. Deciding to start another business is a decision. Deciding to hire someone else to do this business is a decision. Deciding just to gut up and do the hard work yourself is a decision. So, you know, feeling like a failure doesn't need to enter into the equation, but it being hard work, you know, it just depends if you're planning on being a cleaner and you hate cleaning, well, then I would probably make a different plan. If you're plan, planning on owning a cleaning business and you don't like cleaning, well, that's okay. Cause that's not really the job description of an owner. That's the job description of a cleaner he would hire. So I know that's kind of a kind of long rangey answer, but it was a long rangey question. So we do the best we can with what we got. All right. So our next question, much shorter, comes from Rupert in the Facebook group. He asked, when is the best time to upsell a new client? Well, Rupert from the Facebook group. Whew, for those of you that are listening and not on the video, that was a that was a yawn. Don't know how to, <laughs> I was so how to get around. It. I was like, what is happening? <laughs> Just a tiny little yawn. Uh, what are you gonna do? bad, bad times when I'm like, I'm bored by my own advice. Like that's good. It might be time to hang up the old microphone. So Rupert from Facebook, I'm going to answer two questions, even though you only asked one because I'm a huge pain in the butt. So the first question is like, when you use the word upsell, which is a fine word. I just, I'm big on the words that we use kind of dictates how we think. And I don't want to use words that are going to dictate the wrong thing. So I don't like upselling anybody anything, right? Because it sounds like they bought the thing they want and I'm going to like trick them into some bigger thing and upsell them. And it's very, and I'm definitely overreacting, Rupert. So, but the way I, that hits my ear is it's about you, right? Like I want to upsell them. I want more money. I want this. I always make it about them. So I wouldn't upsell anybody anything. I would certainly always be open and sensitive to ways I can add more value, right? So upsell is like, I want to sell more crap, buy my crap. Adding more value is what, who else do you hire in your home? You know, what vendors make you nuts? What upsets you when you come home and makes you unhappy? Is there a way I can solve that for you? Very different than upselling. So I wouldn't go into anything thinking, when can I upsell someone? I would go into any business relationship of how can I add more value to this human being? So that said, if you do a good job in the sales process, you really, that's when you solve their problem. I just, the word upsell is so difficult for me. That's when you solve their problem and make them an offer to solve as many problems as you can solve, right? So I, I wouldn't call it upselling. I'd say if they called you for cleaning and you can also pick up dog poop in the backyard and or get dog hair out of their things and or clean their carpets and or make their windows better and or make their house smell nice and or organize something, whatever the case may be, I'm going to try and solve their problem to the greatest degree that I can. And which didn't really, so I guess the right answer is, or the answer I'm giving to when is the best time is like, I would really try and understand the scope of their problems on the initial sales call and try and solve all the problems I can solve right then. In terms of upselling, I would never go upsell, but I might do a survey with my clients and, and try and find out what pain they have that I could solve. And then I might make an offer to solve that pain to other people at any time during the process. And that's the beautiful thing. If you're upselling, trying to get them to do something you want, 
timing matters, right? I got to make sure they're happy and I like them. I gotta sneak this thing in. But if you're just trying to add value to them, you can do that at any time, right? I'm solving a problem for somebody and they appreciate like, oh my gosh, I'm so sick of having to, you know, you know, clean out my fridge or do dishes or clean my windows or look at that stain in the carpet or whatever the case may be. And you offer to sell, you offer to sell it to them as soon as you know, there's a problem that you know how to solve. So I hate to twist questions into something else, but I would really do a mindset shift away from upsell into understanding and solving problems. And the answer to win is always, as soon as you understand there's a problem that you can and want to solve for money, that would be the time you offer to solve that problem. Hey, amazing people, you may have noticed we don't sell a dadgum thing on this podcast. We don't allow ads. The only ask that can ever have of you guys is if you dig the show for you to spread the word and share so we can change as many lives as possible. Literally, it'll take you five seconds to give us a great review and I can't tell you how much I appreciate you as a listener and value the gift of your kind words. Now, back to the show. And our next question, actually two questions combined from Marisa. Only two? I mean, you know, uh, was the, the first one, Felicia had like five into one thing. I'm like, ah, so only two feels like child's play. <laughs> nice. All right. Um, her first question is, how can I get more commercial cleaning leads for my business? She says she's trying to grow the commercial side of the business and has been rather challenging to get in front of the decision makers. So that's kind of the follow up is how to get in front of the decision makers. So we've covered that question and that's a really big question. So it's hard to just give it into a five minute chunk. But when I hear I'm trying to grow the commercial side of my business, I'd really want to dive into that. Like Marisa, there are most of your competitors who are doing commercial. That's all they do. So, and they've been doing it longer and they've got more clients and they've got more resources and they've got more experience. So you coming in going, I'm going to do this part-time while I clean for residential full-time in my spare time, I'm going to compete with these people who do it full-time and are, have done it longer and better. It's a tough ask and, you know, no disrespect, but it's a little bit arrogant, you know, just like kind of that built in of, I can do this in my spare time. So I don't know that I would coach anyone to grow quote unquote, the commercial side of my business. Because I would just, you got to be clear on what your business is, right? Like either you can or cannot add enough value to the residential or the whatever side of your business that you're currently doing. And if you can't stop doing that and start going commercial. And if you can focus on that, a lot of times people, most of the time people want to add or change niche. It's not because it's a better niche There's some weird thing, by the way, clean nation. I don't know what it is. You guys seem to think, or many of you think commercial is more profitable or makes more money than residential. That's not the case at all. Um, in terms of net profit from every dollar in, they're about the same. We coach a 30% net profit for residential or commercial. Is it harder to build a $10 million residential cleaning company than, than commercial? Yeah. But for those of you guys that are doing like $16,000 a month. Like, let's not worry about that just yet. So I would really, really encourage you to probably just keep doing what you're doing. What happens is it's boring. Well, I don't like residential and I think this and blah, blah, blah. But you know, just my bride is amazing. She's got faults and I'm guessing I could find another wife who didn't have those faults, but she'd probably have a bunch of 
bucket full of other faults. I'm like, oh, I didn't even see these coming. Same thing happens when you're commercial and you think the grass is green on the residential side or vice versa. So I would really get clear on what you want, what your goals are, and create an overreaching plan to get there and not just jump around like, I'll try commercial. That'll solve it all. We want to, as humans, we want to put things in, in, in simple, like silver bullet. Like if I just switch into commercial, that'll fix my goals because we don't want to do the work of thinking what the real problem or really getting a coach or finding out what the real problem in our business is and solving that. So we flail around with, you know, I'll try commercial, but I'll solve it. I can almost assure you, Marisa, switching to commercial or quote unquote, trying to grow the commercial side of your business is not going to solve whatever problem that you have. That said, I can answer the question a little bit on how to do it. But again, if you're doing a part-time and like, and yeah, so there's so much, <laughs> it's a huge question. Like, what's the meaning of life? I'm like, oh my goodness, there's so many ways to answer that. So first and foremost, like, how do I get in front of decision makers? First and foremost, pick your niche. And commercials, not a niche. Hospitals is a niche. Or minute clinics is a niche. Golf courses is a niche. Warehouses is a niche. Car dealerships is a niche. Like these are very specific types. Strip malls, property managers, there's lots of gyms, restaurants, like pick an absolute niche and then figure out, again, how to solve their problem or figure out what their problem is and how to communicate that with them. So a lot of times, we fail trying to get in front of somebody because we're trying to sell something to them and they're not interested in being sold and they have people to keep them from being sold. So what you'd want, perfect example, Lindsay gets a lot of calls that people are wanting to talk to me and she does not have them talk to me, not because she doesn't like them or they, they're not quote unquote skilled at getting in front of the decision maker. They're just not, Lindsay knows what I want <laughs> or what the business needs and what they're offering. They talk about what they want. Hey, we've got a new software and we think you should use it. Or I want to be on your podcast or like all the stuff that they want. And Lindsay's like, I don't see how that benefits me or Mike or the company. So no, thank you. And if they're like, how can I get in front of the decision maker? A better question would be, how can I understand what the decision maker wants and then communicate that to the decision maker or whoever the, the person in front of the decision maker is. So if, if someone offered something, Lindsay's like, holy crap, that's exactly what we need. They don't have to be very good at quote unquote, getting in front of the decision maker. They just need to say, here's what we have. Is that something he'd be interested? And she goes, he'd be wildly interested in that. And guess what? We have a conversation pretty quick. So again, similar to Rupert, as opposed to trying to upsell or get in front of the decision maker, I would move to understanding what the decision maker wants and trying to figure a way to add value. But before I did that, I would get crystal clear on who my client is and how this whole niche fits into my overreaching plan. I would not just try and quote unquote, grow my commercial side of my business, like just not enough detail. And I'm so sorry, Maurice. I'm sure if we could talk, there's a lot more background to that that would help flesh this out that I can't get over email, but we do the best we can with what we got. And we got time for one more. <laughs> All right. So uh, this question actually relates back to my theme of what do you need? To no, say? no, no. The rule of this is no theme related questions. If we're, <laughs> we're going to break theme, we got to break it. <laughs> All right. Well, it's such a good question. I love it. I'm, I'm putting it in there. Anyhow, Rana emailed in. Done. She wants to she, she wants to know how does she stop being the middleman communicator between the clients and her cleaners? And she gave some examples that are kind of funny, but um, yeah. Well, she's, they're funny. Share the example. All right. So here, here we go. She gets, this one's not that funny, but she gets messages like, can you tell the cleaner X, Y, and Z? Or someone will send, uh, a client will send her a message like, just a heads up. My husband's working from home today. That all goes to Rena. And she's like, I don't really care. <laughs> 
Fair enough. I'm sure the husband cares. Um, <laughs> and I'm guessing the cleaners care if they think it's an empty house. They walk into some dude in his underpants on a Zoom call, like trying to, you know, type it on a computer. They might want a little heads up, just saying. True. That could get a little awkward. Yeah. Yeah. True. Um, and, you know, not saying I, you know, type away my underpants, but, you know, it, it happened. You know, you never know. Um, okay. So there's really two issues here. One is the systems and processes. So level one is absolutely right. And we need to get you not to be in the middle of that. Like that communication, the question of how do I stop stupid communication or wasteful communication is different. We can talk about that, but that's not as important. The first problem we want to untangle is why do I personally have to be in the middle of it? And that's just a matter of training, right? So you've trained your clients, text me, I'm assuming, or email me or reach out to me. Easy piece of that is you just have to decide how you want your communication to run and take yourself out of it, right? So it could be an email that you don't check. It could be a phone that an answering service does. It could be Slack. It could be Voxer. There's lots of, I mean, there's so much technology to communicate. The problem is you just said the method I'm telling you to communicate to me is my cell phone. And the method of checking that is I personally check it and handle it. So, you know, we get mad at the client, but it's like, well, we're the one that gave the daggum phone number. So I would just decide how you're going to communicate with your clients and just tell them you got to call this number or text this place and just it's okay for the clients to communicate you might have a customer happiness manager or scheduler or somebody else or the cleaners directly so kind of a bigger question is how do i get the system and who should they talk to but that's kind of out of the scope of what we got going on today the big thing is you just tell them I, this isn't me you know you've taught them and i can hear if not Raina, the rain is of the world going i told them to stop texting me and they keep doing it I promise you they only keep doing it because you keep answering. If you tell them to stop texting you and they text you and you ignore them, they'll stop texting you. <laughs> so you can't just tell them to stop texting. You have to fall through on that behavior and have an autoresponder of brain is not here. <laughs> text this number, call this person, blah, 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 blah. And as long as you tell them in advance, that's what happens or that's what's going to happen. They shouldn't get mad. And if they do get mad, you, they, you know, it's okay to be like, hey, if you're not willing to respect my boundaries, I'm not going to do that. So that'd be the first thing. And then the second thing, yeah, you're just going to want to hire again, whether it's an answering service, um, even you can do it, but I'm just going to do it batched. Like, Hey, I check messages once a day. I get back to everyone between four and four 30. That'll be that. Right. So just the big thing is you need to upgrade your system. Your current system is you text me. It comes with my phone. The expectation is that I will respond to that fairly immediately. And I don't like that anymore. So just say the new the new <laughs> plan is you text Slack, email, direct message, voice message, Marco Polo, Vox, <laughs> pick pick a pick a communication methodology you like, uh, and you will get responded. Somebody, not me, will respond back to you in this time frame. And you know, I think four hours is reasonable. Like I don't know that for my cleaner that I expect if I message them with something, they'll get back to me in 10 seconds. Like if they got back to me three to 26 hours later, I'd be like, okie dokie, especially if they said, we'll get back to you three to 20. You know what I'm saying? Like if they emailed you Sunday at midnight and you called them Monday morning at nine, they're not going to be freaked out. Cause that's just the world has set those expectations. Like people generally don't respond Sunday at midnight. So you just need to set the expectations of what will happen. That's all. So the expectation you set is text me personally. I will jump on it right away. Just respond to it to X me this personally, text, message, whatever. It's not going to be me personally, and we'll respond to you within 24 hours or whatever you feel is a reasonable thing. All right. Um, do you feel like we got enough? You want one more? What do we got going, Lindsay? I'll leave it to you. 
I think we're good, Mike. All, all my other older questions are pretty long and extensive, so we'll tackle those on another day. <laughs> we'll save those for you. Maybe we'll have, um, you know, what we'll need to do if, if if you can ever pull, if I can ever pull it off, Lindsay, is a rapid fire one where we get like ten questions, and you limit me to like sixty seconds, and just be like, you, that's it, because you know I tend to get all chatty. We'll do two questions that take twenty minutes. Maybe we'll do a rapid fire one where I know I got thirty to sixty seconds of pop, and and we'll, you'll save up like a dozen. But we'll see well, that. I'll let us. you decide. We'll have to do a split screen and I'll just hold my phone with a countdown timer on it. So you, 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 you're on the clock. <laughs> you guys think I talk fast now? Hold up a timer and make me like, ah, let's <laughs> go yell at me if I go long. All right, guys, gals, hopefully this has been helpful. If um, you need more support, growmycleaningcompany.com. Again, subscribe to the podcast, the YouTube channel, completely free, over a thousand episodes, um, tons of free resources at the uh, growmycleaningcompany.com. Um, Instagram, Facebook, join the group, tons of free stuff. Join it. We'll see you there. Well, here we are at the end of the podcast and you made it. Great job. Uh, I've got a little bonus for you before for sticking through with me. But like I mentioned before, if you got value out of this podcast and you want to show a little love, subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes, Spotify, wherever the heck you're listening to this thing, share it with a friend, share the love. And as a special thank you for those of you that stuck with me to the end, how about I give you my personal phone number so we can text? It's a great way for me to get to know you, your business, your goals personally. So shoot me a text now, 602-932-6431, 602-932-6431. I am the only one who responds to these texts, and I will personally respond to everyone I possibly can as long as uh, this number is manned. I uh, don't know how long we're going to keep this at the end of the podcast, so grab it now, 602-932-6431. Give me a text, say hey, can't wait to meet you.